Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Tracker. Make losing things a thing of the past. Pair Tracker to your smartphone, attach it to anything, and find its precise locations with a tap of a button. Go to thetracker.com right now and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN to receive 20% off any purchase. That's thetracker.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN for 20% off your order. Today's show is also sponsored by Pro Flowers. Don't wait to make someone's day. Go ahead and be unpredictable with Pro Flowers. Right now, our listeners can get 20% off the new Farm Stand Flowers bouquet or any bouquet purchase of $29 or more by visiting proflowers.com and entering the promo code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout. Again, that's proflowers.com and enter the code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout to get this special deal. Here we go. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. I'm back, you friends. (laughs) It is (laughs) the... (laughs) <laughs> Big Christian Porky <laughs> Wow Just wow I mean it, It's like there's a new energy from last time There's a different energy It's like an excitement Yeah Our last episode was different In yeah, a lot of ways That were maybe even negative Maybe even like It, it was just I, I don't. Let's just forget about the last no, episode. Well, we, no, you got to learn from your mistakes, you know. So first of all, we want to hear about your vacation. We're glad you're back. I want to know if you made any mistakes there, or if your mistake, your vacation was a mistake or not. But not having you on the episode was a huge mistake. I have to report the last episode got zero downloads. Oh my god! Yeah, not we Good haven't yet Lord. gotten even one download. So nobody even heard the Shoot. episode. So how did anybody find? How did everybody find out? Toby wasn't going to be on it. I don't know. They just can, you can tell. I think when you just look at I message them. <laughs> Toby set I up a boycott the episode. I sabotaged the episode because I was like, I can't allow this to happen. I mean, I can't allow a, g- a great episode, Evan. No, I, I did. I actually listened to it. Uh, you know, and y'all kind of just brushed over that I was gone. It kind of hurt my feelings. I was real sad. And y'all were talking about. I was my trying vacation. to make you feel better with the zero downloads thing. It's actually our uh, biggest episode ever. <laughs> somewhere in between no actually it was really uh i just want to say again thanks to joey for doing that one-on-one people seem to it love it they interview. got more yeah. of joey's natural personality in that interview and the episode actually is doing super well it is one of our big episodes so thank you everybody yeah, well, it's, it's also it's also I, i'm just amazed I, i'll try to stop talking about this but it's just reinforcement that we have so many super conservative Christians listening to us. Like, there's so many people that said, I listen to Bad Christian regularly, and I agree with everything Alyssa said. And I'm just <laughs> yeah, like, that I'm is glad. so awesome. It is awesome. That's so awesome. I, I'll say this, as, as a listener this past week, and if you haven't listened to the episode, go listen to it. I thought she was just uh, really intelligent. I thought her, her points were uh, 
just I thought she made really good points that yeah. I disagreed with though. Yeah, like there was a lot of totally. stuff I disagreed with. The thing that stuck out immediately, and I, I'm just I was doing my nightly jog, and uh, she said something about how. Uh, Here's where I feel like things go off the track a little bit. I know we're going to be off a little bit off topic here, and I'll get to my vacation and all that stuff, but I wanted to talk about the last episode just for a second because it just popped in my head. Take your time, let's man. Refer- let's reference this, by the way. It's yeah, two, go ahead. episode 295. <laughs> or just our last yes. episode. Um, so I thought but it was I think really funny because Matt, Matt kept saying uh, she's got goof, she's goofy, she's goofy. I didn't think she was goofy I at all. I set her like, up too she, bad then. I didn't mean to yeah, say I know. that. I, thought, I, I, just, I actually really appreciated – her thought process and the way she thought through things. And like I said, she's just a really intelligent person. That's just, it, I, I'm really glad she came on the podcast. Here's where I immediately go, hold on here a second. Why is there such negativity with, uh, that goes along from the Christian side with deconstruction and reconstruction? Like, it, it, it's funny because she said something like uh, her pastor that she was going to, the church they were going to, basically had kind of become an agnostic and it sent her into like a black hole. Uh, you know, with her faith, and she said, she used the term intellectual chopping block. Everything that she had believed was on the intellectual chopping block as if that was, like, really bad. Like, if it, like oh, my gosh, it was the pastor's, the, the implications there were, this is the worst part, uh, that is, this is the worst thing that's happened to her because her faith was really challenged, it was really bad, and it took her a long time to rebuild it and reconstruct it, she said. And in my mind, the way she was saying I was like, that sounds that's, good. That's the best thing. Is the best thing that could ever have happened. That's mean, what the chopping never, block you is never for. Were, right. You That's, were never intellectually challenged, and now all of a sudden you are. And guess what? She's still a Christian. Yeah. That means it's true to her. Yeah. That's the, it's the greatest story uh, yes. you could have. Wait, you put Jesus on the intellectual chopping block and walk away believing in Jesus? Well, That's, that's kind of where that's I'm what, at. That's great. That's what it's for, that you put a cow on the chopping block and come out with a ribeye, don't you? Right. I mean, why, <laughs> why in the world, why is it always so negative? Like, oh my gosh, I was in, you know, I really had to question everything. And I didn't, well, it's scary. So you, that's, that's the thing. No, what, I, what's wrong with scary though? Why is that no, so no, no, bad no, no. with I your faith? I agree. I, I, but I don't think that's the thing though. Is I don't think she's saying, "Hey, this is a bad thing." I, when she the, says the implication this was, the worst. was bad, yeah, yeah, she there's she was a little like bit of condescension, and yeah. yeah, she was definitely saying it was a because bad thing. it's like, scary, right? Yeah, yeah, but there's a little bit of condescension there. So what you would say, and this isn't her words, they're mine, but it's like, but I made it out luckily, but other gotcha. people wouldn't. Right, that, that's, that's a little condescending. Okay, yeah, she. The, the the implications to me were well. Luckily, I made it out. But if somebody else is there, no, nope. other gone. people aren't. They, they, other people are weaker I can than me, and they can't. Thank good, it. Yeah, right. and I don't think she meant that. That's not what I think she meant. And like I said, she I actually really, that, yeah. in, I no, I really enjoyed the interview, and I wasn't there to push back on any of that. But but the problem I see is you should be challenged. Your faith and your belief should be challenged, maybe daily. I mean, all the time. Like, you, you shouldn't just blindly accept some American religion that you were blessed to grow up in. Like, just that easy that the first time somebody goes, hey, I don't know if I believe th- this, but I'm going to tell you, uh-oh, oh, no, our faith is being challenged. It's, uh, we got to fight. We got to yeah. be Republican. We got All the bad stuff comes from that. That's right. You should be challenged. Like, it should be, Jesus should be on the intellectual chopping block because if he is true and the story of Jesus is true and that we need a savior and that we need redemption from God and the, the redemption story is true, it'll make it. And it made it in her life. It did make it. It stood up to the intellectual test because, as we know, there's there's more to it. But that was the thing that kind of got me. I was like, it doesn't have to be negative. And and we and why is it scary? Yeah. Why in the world? Uh, why is there such a connotation with, hey, when your faith is tested, it's scary. I mean, it. it I think it's it. different. I think it's different personalities. And and uh, honestly, I think some people are stronger in this area, obviously. But 
what happens once you start crossing some lines is you're like, wait a second, is everything I have always believed in wrong? Now, big picture, it's good and probably even necessary to go through that, but it's so scary. I mean, like, okay. yeah. it's as crazy as it was, like when I started to doubt um, the eternal conscious torment thing, it was like scary because I was like, well, what else? No, but, but that's my wrong. point. The only, the only reason that is scary is because everybody told you it would be. Here's where Satan comes in, and now he's stealing hell <laughs> yeah, from, yeah, from Joey yeah, and tricking right. Joey. And No, what happened was you went, wait a minute, what's this hell thing? What do I actually believe? Yeah, yeah. that's the most beautiful. It's thing only you can scary do in this because life. of the fear p- that's been put on you. What if you deviate at all? You're in trouble, and that, it's it's all well meaning. It's like parents trying to protect right. their kids so they don't get germs, learn how to fall down. You know, they don't build up immunity. They don't yeah, learn how yeah. to work out their conflict on the playground. They don't learn how to dust themselves off. That's the same thing. For, you know, it's helicopter parenting is what Christianity's done to is. Oh, helicopter yeah. pastoring or something. It's, I know, it, and and it's funny. We wonder why. Statistics is like, oh my gosh, once, I mean, if they haven't accepted Christ by the time they go to college, I mean, they're never coming back. And it's like, we've created the problem because all the questions were like, no, 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 you just can't ask that sort of stuff. I mean, you just have to believe. And people are even kind of rebuked for those sorts of things. So, of course, when they go off to college, they're going to be like, wait a second, there's a lot more to life and understanding religion. Well, I want to say this too. Uh, so, for the last two days, Matt, you know me. I know Matt you. and I. Matt, Matt and I have been on tour and at hotels with pools and at the ocean, all this stuff, a million times. And Matt would be the first person to say, "I'm always the last person into the water because I don't like the cold." Like Matt and everybody's jumping around, and I'm halfway in <laughs> or up to my calves, going, uh, 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 and I don't like it when it hits my chest. It's so cold. The last two days in a row, I said, "You know what? I'm going to try this cold shower thing." Yeah. Like, I just want to try. I want to do this. I don't like it, but I just want to try. And guess what? As soon as I got it, I, I, I even did it slow in my way. Like, I started warm, and I get colder and colder, and I still scream, ah! ah! Oh, you know, yeah. I, hey, I can't help but scream if I take it, a cold shower. It, 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 right. It was unbelievable. But I promise you, when I walked out of the shower both days in a row, I just started smiling and laughing. Uh, absolutely, Like, I was like, that man. was crazy. That was yeah. unbelievable. Like, it shocked my system. And I realized in that moment, it's the same thing as this lady. Uh, and, and once again, let me clarify. I think she's smart and great. And I, I, I think she has a lot of good points. And this was just a side point of, I don't think she realized maybe it was the best thing that ever happened. Like, it kind of woke her up to what she believed. Even if we disagree, I really love it when somebody goes, no, I disagree with you. And this is why, because yeah, yeah, I went man. through this time. But just with the shower thing, I was like, you know what? The only reason I don't do the cold shower just because I don't like it. It's good for me. It doesn't even matter. I'm not going to die. It's not going to hurt me. And you even Nothing do crazy like is going to happen. And I did it two times in a row, and I literally walked out, not even thinking about it. I was just like, I'm going to take a cold shower. And I got out of the shower, looked at myself in the mirror, just started smiling. I was like, and, and the rest of the day, uh, it's been better. Like, I've been actually, it hit physically, the cold affected my mood. And I was like, Absolutely. man, that's really cool. That's Because that, I was a little bit like tired from my vacation and all this stuff. And so that's what I, I want to say. Now, one other thing, too. Let I me hear, to let me hear Toby, I would do want to hear about your vacation and everything else. But yeah. first, I just want to take a second and tell you about something awesome, and that is Tracker. Yeah. 
All right, guys, let me tell you something. Life is supposed to be a journey of discovery. You're supposed to search and seek and find, you know, meaningful stuff like love and purpose and experiences. You are not supposed to spend your whole life looking for your keys and your wallet like a lot of us do. And that's where Tracker comes into the picture. Eight years ago, Tracker changed everything when they released their first tracking device. And now they've done it again with the all-new tracker pixel this thing is awesome i've got one and i use it on my bag that has my computer and everything in it also tracker helps me find my phone if i lose it and i also use it on my keys those are things that i lose a lot and i spend a lot less time now that i have tracker so with the tracker with the tracker pixel you'll never worry about losing your things again it's the lightest bluetooth tracking device on the market and you just put it on whatever you tend to lose keys wallets even your cat if you want to it's small enough to fit really anywhere so when you misplace an item that has the tracker pixel attached you use your smartphone and a 90 decibel alert will help you find it in seconds it even has a powerful led light so even if it's in the dark you can find it so if you lose your phone you just press a button on the tracker pixel itself and it'll cause your phone to ring even if it's on silent the thing works great uh it'll say i mean trust me it'll save you time it'll also protect you from losing really important and expensive things say you leave your let's say you leave your bag or your camera or your wallet somewhere at the mall uh you'll be able to find it really quickly and get back to it before you before you even get home have to call and dig around the lost and found that kind of thing so Definitely worth it. I think you guys will like this very much. You can even locate it, the thing if it's miles away because every tracker user is part of the largest crowd locate network in the world. It's got a 30-day money-back guarantee, which means you truly have nothing to lose. So go to thetracker.com and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN to get 20% off any order. That's thetracker.com. Promo code Bad Christian for twenty percent off. The Tracker. That's T R A C K R dot com. Promo code. Promo code Bad Christian. All right, now Toby. Unless you had something else pressing, yeah. which I'm glad to listen to, and I am glad you're back. We got some energy going today. But yeah. if nothing else, tell us about your vacation itself. Well, I got two things. I do have something else, but I'll tell you, my, nobody cares about my vacation. I went on a vacation. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm genuinely curious. I love that about this podcast. When I get to see you guys, hadn't got yeah. to talk to you. I'm here, you know, so I am. I have a genuine curiosity there. I don't know right. if you have any well, anecdotes or stories or spiritually related revelations that happened to you on your vacation. I'm not even asking that. I'm just saying, how was it? Um, well, it was good actually. So, like uh, y'all, I heard y'all talking about it. I I don't ever take vacations. My wife and I just don't think about it. Don't care about it. My family kind of did vacations, but not much, and Jess's family never did. Like, vacation was going to Grandma's house, who Jess just, it, it wasn't even, her cousins weren't even nice, or, or they were okay, but it just wasn't that great. It just wasn't that fun, so we just don't care, but... That's the first we, thing that came out of your mouth to describe her vacation. Nice. Cousins aren't even nice. <laughs> well, you know, well, when you go somewhere, and it's just not that fun, but yeah. anyway, and she kind of lived out in the middle of Missouri, and it's just, you know, they were fine people. I don't want to talk bad about them, but uh, anyway, so... Uh, it was it was good. Like we went to Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge, and so that was uh, it, it was good. It, I think there was a little bit of nostalgia for me, thinking like, <laughs> oh man, I was here when I was a kid. Like my family would go there from South Carolina, and it's basically on the uh, eastern side of Tennessee, and it's you know it's a bunch of stuff, Dollywood, and a bunch of you know Ripley's Believe It or Nots and stuff like that. And it was fun. I think it was pretty relaxing because we kept it chill. Like we had a great hotel pool and our kids are you know pretty young to where they just love that because they had a slide and you know it was fun and uh we went out to eat a few times we did the aquarium blah 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 and the go-karts and bumper boats and stuff like that but there wasn't any big realization it 
It almost made me think, yeah, I can't wait till our kids are older so we can do stuff that isn't at all commercialized. Like, I'm getting more and more to where anything commercialized is just not even that fun. Like, it just isn't. Like, I wish if our kids were older and we could have done stuff completely outside, like hiking, for example, that, that would have been really fun. And I mean, there was maybe a couple of spots we could have taken them, but we didn't even, it just, it was far away. We just didn't really think about it. So I would say it was relaxing and I feel good, but it is, it is weird. I don't know how to vacation maybe. Maybe I've done it so little that we don't really understand like what you do. Like it, is vacation even relaxing? It well, seems like when everybody comes back, they're always to tired. Be relaxing because it, you know, <laughs> if you if I'm going to go to Paris, let's say Bridget, well, not let's say Bridget wants to go to Paris and everywhere else right. in Europe, it won't be relaxing. That's not what it will be. It'll be like, oh my right. gosh, we only got to do eight things today, and there's thousand we needed to do, and you, we didn't get up right, and just you know, relaxing it necessarily what a vacation is. But if you like the yeah, cold you- shower thing, you might like taking your kids camping. I did that while you were on vacation just for it. Two, two nights, but we slept on the damn ground in a tent. Sounds horrific. With a baby and a four-year-old. It was wild. But <laughs> You liked it? You uh, enjoyed yeah. it? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not commercialized to that reference. I'm right. saying we yeah. went oh, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. woods and laid on the ground and figured out how to walk down to the beach and swim and stuff like that, you know. so That's cool. So, yeah, you might you might could try that is a different. But relaxing ain't the word for it. I couldn't be happier to, I couldn't be happier to get out of the cold shower or get back to my bed on Sunday, on that Sunday night. (laughs) (laughs) See, I think, I think the potential is there for mental relaxation. I mean, unless, unless you vacation in a way that really forces you to rest, like just kicking it uh, with your feet up over a fire, you just can't do that with kids. No. But I do think maybe getting away from everything can mentally refresh sure. people. Can you believe Bridget slept on the ground in a tent? No, that's I, crazy. <laughs> I was thinking maybe I mean, she didn't like, go. No, she did. Yeah, I, I figured y'all at least got like a blow up mattress or something. Yeah, she right? pissed in the woods too. Good lord! Can you? She'd never done that in her life or slept on the ground before. And she did it. <laughs> nice. Good God! Well, that's crazy. I, was, I wanted to say one more thing too while I was gone. So the uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just save it for later. I'm not even going to talk about it. Never mind. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I was going to talk about the labeled podcast because it, it came out while I was gone and I didn't get to say anything about it. And at the end, uh, you know, it, it's me talking with Lunsford pretty loudly and aggressively. Uh, if you haven't heard it, I'll, it's about As Cities Burn and how basically they were maybe the it band that never made it for Tooth and Nail. Like they, they literally could have just blown up and been like as big, if not bigger than like Under Oath or, you know, they could have been the most massive band. And at the end, uh, I, <laughs> with a lot of liquid courage, I had drank. Uh, I, I was talking to Lunsford and it's funny because I ended up actually apologizing to Cody uh, Bonnet, who's the lead singer, just because I said some things where I was like, I don't actually believe that and it doesn't matter, but I want people to listen. But it got me to thinking when I listened to it, I was like, you know what? I always sound loud and aggressive, but that's just me. And I wonder, like I, I read people's comments, it seems like people are kind of used to it now. Like nobody's like that <laughs> yeah. surprised when right. I'm loud or obnoxious, which makes me feel really good. Like, like, I that's think the so best too. thing because, because I'm not ever really mad. Like, I sound like I'm, I mean, it's funny, like, going back to, you know, Matt and I arguing, like, there's been tons of times on tour with our band Emory where Matt and I are just talking to each other, and somebody goes, hey, are y'all okay? And we're like, what are you talking about? Like, we don't even realize that we are, like, yelling and aggressive and loud, but this is literally how we talk. Like, even, (laughs) I I was just noticing it when I was talking about the lady that came on. Uh, on the last episode, I, I sounded like I was really intense. I didn't really care. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I don't, I don't really, I'm not really that passionate about Acidity's Burn. I've heard some songs, but you know, but the way it makes me sound. But I'm really happy at this point where maybe our personalities. We, 
maybe you know I love the fact that I'm getting famous enough to at least people <laughs> that people know. Hey, that's just Toby. Well, yeah. he's not mad. <laughs> yeah, that's he's what I'm really saying. Yeah. He's just talking. Hey, hey, he just, listen to this. As as far as people getting used to us, I went to an ice cream shop downtown Charleston, and I think this is neat because people don't really see us. Um, yeah, if they're just listening to the podcast, but I go up. And I, uh, he basically tells me how much it's, it's like this unbelievable gourmet ice cream shop. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm giving him my, can, he's I, just can like, I make a guess real quick? I mean, I'll let you go back to it, but he said, uh, walked in, didn't get recognized. And then Joey said, I'll have five scoops, please. He goes, are you Joey from bad Christian? <laughs> 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 anyway, continue. No, so he seriously, he looked at me like I was crazy, and I was like, what in the world is going on? He said, man, I recognize your voice. He said, there's no way you're Joey from Bad Christian, wow. is there? And I was like, <laughs> just by yeah, your he's voice, like, yeah. I ju-, he's like, no way. <laughs> I had that happen at Barnes & Noble in, in Greenville, South Carolina. I was just in there, and I ordered my coffee, and the person behind me said, excuse me, do you have a radio show? Oh my god. So it was your voice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. You look familiar. And no. That's so crazy. And and I was like, uh, I could tell they, she could tell something. And she's, I said, well, I do a, I do a podcast. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I know your voice. You're the guy from that pot, you know, whatever. That's hilarious. Just by the sound of my voice, you know. Yeah, that's funny because people, a lot of times, when they listen to the podcast, all they've seen is like our, our cartoon logo. And yeah. mine doesn't even hardly look like me at all. I look like a weird, I'm the shortest little uh, uh, adorable fat nerd that you could possibly be. And so, yeah, when they see me, they, doesn't even, they don't even recognize it or whatever. That's funny that we're getting recognized now by our voices. That's, that's crazy. Wild. Maybe we can get something crazy. for Pixar at some point. That'd be kind of ideal. It'd be like Mater's cousin or something I'm sure I could pull off. <laughs> oh yeah maybe we can get voiceover work and stuff like that that'd be awesome I, I always you know what that's funny you mentioned that I always because I watch we watch a lot of cartoons now with our kids I always recognize like voices from people that I know that are doing stuff now like oh, comedians yeah, yeah, yeah. you know older comedians are doing voices on like you know the cartoon network or whatever for cartoons and stuff so it, it's kind of crazy but that, that maybe yeah that would be my dream and, if and I you, could start doing voiceover you know they let people that say dirty stuff do kids voices which always trips me out so I was just thinking about like Gilbert Godfrey does the voice in, uh, you know, Gilbert Godfrey does the voice in Aladdin, and Caitlin Olsen yeah. from Always Sunny does the voice in Dory. She's the whale, right. I think, in Dory. I was thinking, if I knew how to animate worth a shit, I would make a video of those characters talking, and then I would pull the audio clips from Always Sunny and Gilbert Godfrey stand up, <laughs> and then make and then make a video of making kids watch the, the you know, the whale on Dory say the filthiest shit imaginable, and watch the that kids' faces. Brilliant. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is brilliant. That's hilarious. make that? I was always, I was always thinking i'm gonna hear the donkey on shrek say shrek you was a motherfucking right, fool exactly, you know? right. like, just yeah, like, just <laughs> put eddie Mur- eddie murphy's worst stuff he's ever said from eddie murphy raw oh and then make it make the donkey <laughs> pantomime it and show it to kids and freak them out dude i'm te- <laughs> hey i'm telling you that that would be a youtube sensation it, maybe like somebody's that. done it it seems oh, obvious yeah. but it's funny that you know it seems like they don't it's neat that they don't select against those people for voiceover mm. work they, in fact they like it right so yeah interesting I, I guess that's because that voice is recognizable to the adults too, yeah. so it makes you yeah. like it, or the char- yeah. the character becomes more endearing to the adult as well. Something. But, like that. Uh, I, I do got one last thing uh, before we bring on our guest. I do Martha, got it. Which will be good. Yeah. But uh, we got back from our trip, and uh, our neighbor stopped by. There are three coyotes living in our backyard. <laughs> oh my god! What? Can you believe that? Yeah, Actual, there's three. Co- what do you mean? Yes. Like you saw them? He. 
He had, no, our neighbor has seen them. He, wow. Well, he's seen yeah, he's seen three coyotes. Maybe maybe it was two. He's definitely seen two at the same time, and maybe we thought there was a third one. Maybe it's one of them that he saw on a different day. Same one on a different day. But uh, it really is crazy. Like I think they're. There's always rabbits in our backyard, so I think they're trying to get the rabbits and eat. And, and I, I read a little bit about coyotes. They basically mate in, like, January through March, and then they, I guess they have their babies later. I don't know how quickly they have their babies, but they're just out searching for food. I don't know if they have a young family or what, but they're in between our house. There's a house. There's housing development right behind us, and our house in between is, like, a little bit of forest. You know, just, I don't know, not, not even that long or, or wide. But now there's wolves, or not wolves, coyotes in the back. And it's interesting because I was like, I guess we're headed to a time where we're just populating the earth so much that will we just live with animals? Like, <laughs> is that going to happen? <laughs> we, like, well, everybody well, you, you've, you, you're familiar with the neighborhood that I live in. I mean, it's one of those modern you know, houses all over the place. There's a coyote problem in our neighborhood. And it's because, yeah. like, like to prove your point, it's because they don't have anywhere else to go. Right. I mean, there, there so, was a mom that was actually taking her baby for a walk in a stroller, and she had to run full speed into her house because a coyote was running after oh her. Oh, my Lord. That, that, now, that's scary. That's what I was worried about. I was like, are my kids going to be on the slip and slide, and I have to go, guys, get inside. Now, am I going to fight off three coyotes? Like, I don't, I don't know. They're not even that big. That's what's crazy. They're only like 20 to 40 pounds, but I'm sure they're vicious. But it's interesting, like, what is going to happen in the future because people love animals, and they always want to take care of them, and they – Oh, you got to be safe. But when they're in your backyard, will you oh, be yeah. that you know loving and friendly and caring and about? Yeah, are you going to just kill them? You know what I mean? Like, will, will you live with a pack of coyotes in your backyard? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. I don't care how much you care about Mother Earth and everything. You, know, you just won't care. Hey, is it a is That's it a funny. southern thing? Like now, Matt, that you live in Seattle, is it a southern thing that when you see a snake? It just doesn't even matter. You kill it. Like a snake is something that you see and you say it has to die because it's a snake. No. Is that something that they do? No. Well, first of all, that the fear parts? of snake is, is super deep biology universal. Like right. the, the, the look of, I mean, it's, it's the ancient, it's super deep in your brain to be terrified and repulsed yeah. by snakes and serpents, you might say. That's all the way back. But, uh, but, I, you know, I personally don't kill snakes if I see them. I like them. I, if, if I know it's not a poison snake, I want to pick it up and play with it personally. Yeah, yeah. I tried to pick it but, up on our know. vacation when I saw a snake, yeah. and I tried to pick it up, and Jess wouldn't let me. But, yeah, you're right. It's the people that have super liberal, progressive ideas about Mother Nature and animals and all that. They maybe don't have all the experience. and I don't know. At some point, it's... Yeah. You know, we got to get rid of these wolves or coyotes or snakes. You know, I don't think they have a. You know. Yeah, snakes have to be the most hated animal probably in the world. Spiders most and disliked. snakes, I believe. Yeah, well, it yeah. proves the I mean, Bible. So, proves Genesis, yeah. right? Yeah. No, yeah, it, and that's that why God, they. So. That's why they chose that. <laughs> it, that. It's on the intellectual chopping block for a second. Maybe they chose snakes because nobody liked right. a snake. So when they tell you about the bad guy, they made him a snake. They cast him as a snake. Yeah, pretty easy choice yeah. there. Huh, I want to say so, this is a bad guy. The most yeah, bad certain, guy in the universe. It certainly wasn't snake. a. It, it certainly wasn't a sea otter. Right? <laughs> Could you like imagine? Originally, Satan was a sea otter. And Lucifer like, came to Adam me. and Eve as a sea otter. You're like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> it's adorable. Look at it on his I'll back. I'll eat the fruit. I'll eat that. <laughs> oh, look at it licking its baby. I'll eat that apple. Mm. 
That's, wouldn't Satan choose the sea otter? <laughs> I don't, of right, course be he would. Be, he wouldn't saying. choose a snake. If it was Satan was going to embody himself, you'd think he'd say, all right. And the evil come back and say, I saw the cutest sea otter and he gave me this apple. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what woman would walk up to a tree and see a snake and go, hey, I'm going to talk to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. That wouldn't happen. You would run. Of course not. Anyway. All right. Okay, I'm going to bring on our guest now. Her name is Martha. She's a BC Club member. So, I'm, But before I do that, I'm going to tell you real quick about Pro Flowers while I dial her up on Skype. All right, so let's talk about your relationships for a minute. If you have a relationship, that's going to involve gift giving. It's going to involve spontaneity. It's going to involve surprise because you don't want things to get stale. So, of course, there's the predictable stuff that you do. Of course, you get presents on Valentine's Day or birthdays. But let me tell you a tip from me. Do something spontaneous. Get flowers for your significant other at a time or a loved one, anybody. Get it, but do it when it's not predicted when they're not going to see it coming and it'll be worth two three four times as much in relational currency as it is if you do it on a predictable day and that's what i really like about pro flowers Uh, it's specifically i got the farm stand flowers bouquet recently sent to our house and my girls love it my wife loves it my daughters love it they think it's great so they uh and i don't know that much about flowers but i know good ones when i see them and i can tell by their reaction they sit there and talk about it and uh, what flowers what and they name it and say how pretty it is and this one smells this way and i get i get a kick out of that and they they last a long time so they've been sitting in our house for a long time and they're they just make the house feel alive and beautiful you should have flowers around pro flowers is a good place to get it so i mean you know like i said predictability is boring surprises are exciting pro flowers makes it easy for you to surprise someone right now and it's making it even easier with a special offer for our listeners you can send pro flowers farm stand flowers and get 20 percent off this collection or any of their other unique exclusive bouquets of 29 dollars or more so you get 20 percent off of your farm stand flowers or any other bouquet of 29 dollars or more if you go to proflowers.com and use the promo code bad christian at checkout that's proflowers.com and use the promo code bad Christian. Don't wait to make somebody's day. Go ahead and be unpredictable. All right. Martha, can you hear us? We can see you. It looks great. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Well, thank you for joining the show. Of course. I know you're quite familiar with the show and you're a longtime listener and a longtime BC Club member. So I got to tell everybody uh, about the BC Club real quick. Martha is in there. It's a place where we have a Facebook group. So she's one of the people that I f- feel like is in our community that we know really well. We've talked sometimes and interact on posts, but I observe your posts and things you talk about and post on there a lot. It's a pretty lively community, and your contributions, I think, are valuable there. Uh, and I've seen you post a lot of times about... Uh, a couple of different things. I identify you in the limited amount. You can know somebody on the internet uh, just mm-hmm. by their icon and their posts. But you seem to be a, a relatively progressive person that cares a lot about social justice and issues and women's yeah. things. I mean, and you've clearly put a lot of thought into that thing. However, in slight contrast with that, you seem to or I believe that you hold. I'm under the impression that you hold a complementarian view uh, as far as leadership, male headship, and those kinds of things. And we haven't done much on this topic on on the podcast, except for when I think about it, two years ago when we were doing this podcast, I realized our views between egalitarian and complementarianism have seems like they've shifted a ton. And that's just since I've been sitting in the chair doing this podcast. So I'm very interested to talk to you about the topic today. Uh, 
and I don't want to rush over it, but does anybody, Toby, Joey, Martha, want to give us a background on exactly what those terms mean, egalitarian and complementarianism? Does anybody have working definitions for those? Um, I could give a rundown of complementarianism. Um, complementarianism is, first of all, not about um, capabilities. So it does not mean that... Uh, men and women are um, on different levels when it comes. But if you've to never, I'm just saying, if you've never even heard of complementarianism oh. and egalitarianism, essentially they are what? If somebody asks you, Joey, what they are, what do you tell them in, in one sentence? Uh, I mean, I, I may not even have a thorough understanding of it, but complementarianism would basically be that they are completely equal and yet very unique roles to their gender. As mandated by the Bible. Seems, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially at home and at church are when there's specific instructions. And it seems like egalitarianism is, is actually saying, um, you know, the opposite. You're interchangeable, yeah, it, pretty much. Yeah, right. The, the men right. and women are interchangeable, as it pertains to their roles in marriage and in church, mainly, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, so basically yeah. egalitarianism, I have zero problem with even senior pastors that are women. Um, women authors are held in this, the same light as male authors, which seems like it should be obvious, but I guess it's not to a lot of people. Yeah, with complementarianism, it's basically like the, the male and, and the female have different roles, and they complement each other. They, mm-hmm. both, they both do great things, but... One has strengths here, the other has strengths here, and that's why they complement each other, I think is what they're saying. But, but it's, it, it yeah, hinges on a lot of times mandated it, by the Bible. But, God designed it, right. and, and, and you it, don't And it deviate. also, I think, sometimes does get a more negative context, like the woman is beneath the man. It, yeah. it's not, I don't think that was the intent, but it does oftentimes end up that way, or it's used negatively to say mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm the leader and you're not. That, that, that has happened, obviously. In our history. I don't even think it's so much about strengths and weaknesses, like men are stronger in this way and men and women are stronger in other ways. I think it's more about just submission. Um, and I, I know a lot of people hate that word, and I'm probably going to uh, get in so much trouble for even talking about submission in the BC club sphere, but um, everyone is under submission to somebody. So even men are under submission to God, and everybody is you know, essentially under submission to a church, if you're part of a local church, you know. Um, But I think the way that headship is constructed in the Bible is to point to the Trinity, essentially, because Jesus is still under submission to God the Father. He's not less capable or less strong. Like, he's just, he's, it's just that submission. It's just the way that works. And so with complementarianism, it is modeled to illustrate what that looks like, that yeah. headship. Yeah, so that word not, submission is the right. one that where everybody gets cr- freaked out immediately. So, I mean, but essentially you are saying women submit to men, though. That is, I mean, as strong as that sounds, that's basically true. I don't think in general women at, submit to men. I think it's uh, wives submit to your right. husbands. Okay, great and distinction, then, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and then in the, and then in the church place, uh, or in church, I think it would pretty much be women submitting to male authority. Am I right, Martha? Like in the church place? Um, 
I would say yes, but the, I, I can't say a straight out yes, because I believe that men are also under submission in the church. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So let me just come up with a scenario. You're married, correct? So, yes. All right. So let's say you actually get um, a, a job. So you're basically hired. You went through the interview process, and it's across the country. And your husband is just like, you know what? This is just a great opportunity for our family. Our income is going to go through the roof, and uh, we'll be able to do things that we never thought we could. And you said, uh, I just don't feel right about it. Like, I just don't think that I should take this job. And obviously, I have no, I don't know your husband, so I bet you he probably wouldn't do this. But what if he said, no, this is what we really need to do. We need, you need to take this job. And we're going to move across the country. And you said, yeah, I just don't feel right about it. Where do you guys go from there? Um, well, first of all, you're right, because my husband would never do that. Um, <laughs> he would. Um, I think, I mean, that's just, I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes that respect for women and valuing women's voices get gets lost in in. When people say submission, they think, oh, man's word is like the last thing, like that's the last thing. Um, But we're not considering like outside counsel and just reasonable like thought, like, and it's not just about, um, you know, what he thinks I should do, but it's more of like, we got to come up with a solution together. Like, let's, we're going to talk about it until one of us um, gives a little and we can kind of reason reason with each other. It's not so much like, oh, well, I'm a complementarian, so I guess I got to start working well, now. Well, what practically is it then? Like where, what, what authority does he have that you do not have in the, ho- in the home? Um, it's not even, I don't think it's even so much about like authority. I think, I think complementarianism within a marriage is more about a servant leadership. And I see that more of as a spiritual thing, not as a gender roles thing, mm-hmm. because my husband still cooks. He still, um, you know, bathes our kids. He, he does diapers. Like, it's all, like, it's not very specific to um, gender roles. Mm-hmm. Rather, mm-hmm. it is more of a spiritual servant leadership um, where, and that doesn't mean that he's holier or more spiritual or godlier, but that he, you know, he takes initiative when it comes to spiritual things in our home and in a way that uh, you couldn't or wouldn't. And what I'm saying is, what's the difference in what you're describing and egalitarianism? What's the difference? Um, I don't see it as interchangeable. So I don't see, I don't see our, um, I don't see his headship as interchangeable. Like with me, I can't, I, I, what can't you do? It's not that I can't do it. Like I said in the beginning, it's not about abilities or capabilities. It's about submission to um, to what Scripture describes. You're not going to get in trouble or anything. And I, I've held, I've held this view, and I still am probably in between the two views. So yeah. feel free yeah. to say something that will sound relatively. Um, incre- I'm not trying to trap you at all. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think so at all. I'm trying to be careful with my words because I don't. We don't do that here. We don't be careful. (laughs) I don't. I don't want to censor myself, but I don't want to come off like I. I believe that women are inferior in any way. I understand that's tricky ground. Yeah. At all. So, so I mean, but but functionally, if uh if there was something that you ever felt strongly about, Uh and your husband felt strongly to the contrary. And it wasn't something that you could ignore. 
at some point you would believe that your role, no matter how strongly you feel about something, would be to follow your husband. And I, I, I'm not trying to even say that in a in a bad way, like, oh, that just sounds awful, but is I that mean, where you're at? He was being reasonable and not, like, dumb. <laughs> like, I mean, but, I think, but you're painting it in a... Sorry, go ahead. I think if it was something that I was really, like, strongly held belief, and I was like, okay, I don't think we should do that, and he he was convinced that we should do that. I would probably call one of our close friends, a mutual friend of both of ours and or counsel from, from our local church and say like, what do y'all think? Like, what is he, you know, kind of like outside perspective. Um, cause I mean, that's kind of what we're called to as part of, of community and living in community. Um, so it, I mean, it really depends on the individual thing. Um, but what is wrong with egalitarianism in your view? Um, I don't think that we're interchangeable. In what ways? So, Why not? So you believe there are certain things that make females females and males males? Um, I think there's certain attributes, general attributes. They don't apply to every single individual, but mm-hmm. there's general attributes. But I also think that... The beauty of complementarianism is that it illustrates the headship of Christ and God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what it's supposed to complement. So, like that's we complement one another because Jesus complements the Father. Right, but in, what, a, what, is a, there, what about like family situations in which it is just not the guy's personality or even makeup to, mm-hmm. and and he's not a wimp, he's not complacent, mm-hmm. but he's just not that type of person. Whereas his wife is like, and, and and she's very loving. Like, would you would you think that's just totally messed up if you met uh, a a couple where it was complementarianism, but it was opposite? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I don't. I wouldn't think that they were wrong. Um, I think that. I think a lot of times our Christian subculture places men and women in different roles. And that's why it's so hard to talk about this topic um, without pulling all those, stripping all of those roles away. Um, And so like within a church aspect, for example, uh, women belong in children's ministry and as greeters and in the hospitality like ministry and men belong, you know, preaching or, you know, I don't know, taking care of other things. And it's like, so those are kind of like norms that we've kind of gotten um, accustomed to and complacent with, but that that's extra biblical. That's not. Yeah. But so what is biblical though? I mean, is it is it okay with you for the the wife to be primary breadwinner and spiritual leader, runs all the Bible studies, tells everybody where's to go, uh, and the husband stays at home with the kids? Is that okay? Is well, that is that against God's design? Uh, you're mixing two things in there. So one of them is working women outside of the home, which I don't believe is wrong at all. Mm-hmm. Primary breadwinner, um, though. I, Only yeah, breadwinner. Yeah, I have friends who are okay. primary breadwinners and still hold to a complementarian view. Okay. Um, because, like I said, it's more of a spiritual thing. It's not so much like, can you cook? Can you change a diaper? Yeah. Can you do this or that? So far, you sound um, egalitarian is what I'm saying. I can't find anywhere where you're saying you think men and women are uh, interchangeable. Uh, so tell me anywhere not- that they are. Um, within, when it comes to, uh, church structure, okay. I don't, I don't believe that women should be preaching from the pulpit. Okay. That, that's good. Let's come right back to that. I like that. But in the home, so that, in the home, it, are men and women interchangeable? 
based on uh, individualness of the relationship and the, the people involved? No, they're not interchangeable. And I think that comes down to like individuals, um, like strengths and weaknesses, how that comes together. But within a complementarian view, um, I believe that the man is the is to model headship, um, not because of power or authority, but in servant leadership. Uh-huh. And so what, what example, does that mean? Headship means what then? What? Give me an example of what he is designed by God to do that you are not. That would be going against the Bible if it were reversed. Well, just like Paul talks about in the Bible, like men are to love their wives as Christ loved the church, giving their lives for for the for their women for for their wives um and so so he would uh, step in front of a bullet for you but not you for him that that's the way god designed it no i wouldn't say that okay i think that's uh kind of taking it to i mean obviously we're we're called to die for our friends that's also in the bible so i mean you could still interchangeable though um what what if the husband is not a servant leader like what does what does a wife do at that point? Because that it sounds great, but what if she married a real asshole and he right right? But all but it, still, we've got to drill down here. I'm sorry to do it, but we have to drill down to a point where Martha can say something that is not interchangeable. Yeah. Specifically. Like where do, where do you submit to your husband? What is something that he goes it, yeah, that is universal I mean, about submit? men and women, not just you? What is in God's design? What is not uh-huh. interchangeable? Give us an example. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but that's what everybody's oh, way, wanting to know. The way he, the, I, I would go say, the way he leads our our home spiritually. Uh, for example, if you were to say like, okay, we're going to all sit down and uh, pray together and read the Bible together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, well, I was going to do that. Like, why Why do you get to do that? Like, mm-hmm. I think that it's that it's his headship to be able to do that. And so, and not to say that I don't do that, but I am, um, I am under his submission in serving our family. And what complementarianism is, is I am helping him lead our family. That doesn't mean that, um, there's something that I can't do that he does, but it just means I am, I am his helper. For example, he like works most of the day. Um, that doesn't mean that I can't help our kids with, spiritual decisions or talking about biblical things that they want to talk about. Or if they ask me questions, I say, Oh, well, we got to wait till your dad gets home because you know, he's, he's the spiritual leader, but he is a spiritual leader, uh, maybe in the tone of the home or where you go to church or what types of views you will hold. I mean, in a way that you are not. For example, if he, if he chose to go to a different church and I didn't, um, I, I think that ultimately if he was within reason, um, you need I, to defer there, right? And that's prescriptive for other women in other marriages as well, by as determined by the language in the Bible. Which, by the way, let me let you off right. the hook a little bit. I think that's what the Bible certainly sounds like it's saying. No, there's no right. argument there. It, those mm-hmm. it it definitely says that wives submit to your husbands. It definitely says women are the helper. God made even right at the very beginning of Genesis. It's pretty clear. God right. made women to be supplementary or complementary to men it the language is there so it's yeah, not you're not saying anything crazy by saying that really right i think what people get lost with is um all the ways that complementarianism hasn't been 
um, expressed well within churches, and it's and it's allowed for toxic masculinity to destroy um, the 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 beautiful illustration that it's supposed to be of headship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, where you know women aren't valued, where they're abused, where um, they're dishonored, where their gifts aren't celebrated or affirmed, though that's toxic masculinity. That is not, and that has no place within the church. Um, yet, I know of churches that that do it that way, um, and those constructs should be opposed and should be corrected with the Bible, because nowhere in the Bible will you find an, uh, anything that would dishonor women or where women are you know, not loved by God. Mm -hmm. Do you feel, do you feel solidarity with someone like Rachel held Evans, for instance, uh, who you guys are both obviously very pro equality between male and female and, uh, females getting the respect and honor that they deserve. And, and the list goes on, but at, at some point she would really beg to differ with Mm -hmm. the complementarianism, like, right. do you see her as like, well, she's 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 kind of with me at, on, on certain things and, and helpful to all this. But once she ditches complementarianism, that messes up everything. And it really sucks because a lot of people are listening to her. Um, I don't think that it messes up everything. Um, I think it comes down to the way the Bible is viewed. So if you view it as an authoritative, um, if you view Paul's epistles as authoritative to you, then obviously you're going to hold that view highly. But if you don't, if you dismiss it because it was a different cultural context or you think it doesn't apply to you now, then obviously, yeah, you're going to go the other way. And I I do believe that egalitarians, um, I I believe that that whole movement is really just a reaction Mm -hmm. to the hypocrisy of complementarianism. I can see that. But they also have some really good points. I mean, that's for yeah, they're right, all reacting yeah. for a reason also. Right, yes. I, I, I believe that the reactions are valid, so I'm not invalidating it at all as, at, um, as something that has come up because men are not treating women the way they ought to be mm. treated or celebrating them. But it's rather like, um, you know, it's an abuse of the role pretty much mm-hmm. is what it is. Um, and I do, I do believe that it should always be corrected and it should always be brought to light. Um, and that men should get called out on it, especially if you are an authority or power within a church structure. Yeah. So Toby and Joey, how about y'all? We've moved in this area. I mean, I don't even actually know. I mean, I think we all three would have at least used to say we're fully complementarian. Do, do we now think that? What are y'all, where are y'all? And where are y'all wives, I guess, more importantly? I, I, I think for me, um, uh, I get kind of crazy uh, with all the different genders now. I don't, I can't remember them all, and there's a lot. But I do think that we get some things mixed up. For example, the gender roles associated with complementarianism, or something like uh, women talk more or or are more emotional. That that's the exact opposite in my marriage, right? Like I I talk all the time, and I get I I can get super emotional. And what I like about complementarianism is it almost seems like the Bible saying, I, man was missing something." There was something he didn't have, and so God created the woman to, 
to complete that. And I like that's what Martha's saying too. It kind of does describe a little bit of that relationship within the Trinity of the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God the Father. Like I, I think we were built to be in community, so I like that. And there should be different moving parts. So I think that there are tons of strengths that Jess has that I don't and tons of strengths that I have that she doesn't that we do complement each other well. I don't think of myself as ruling over her, but I guess I would say I do feel like the leader of our family. Is and that prescriptive she, by the Bible, though, I, or is just happen, you just happen to have well, more leadership qualities? No, I, I think that probably I can't get away from the or fact that I would it be wrong in, if you reversed it? I, I grew up in a church that definitely said man is the how is the leader and no matter what. So that's a part of my DNA because I was told that so much. But I don't think of it that way in the sense I think no matter what system you have, you gotta have a leader. And so in our marriage, naturally I think Jess looks to me for certain times for leadership. And sometimes she wars against it. There are tons of times where she doesn't like it, and I say, I mean, there have been times in our marriage where I was like, Jess, I know you disagree with this, but I feel confident that this is what we're supposed to do. And then we do it, and it, and it either ends up working out or not, but she trusts me enough in our marriage to say, okay, like whether it's a big move or uh, uh, donating some money to some people that we think are going to blow it or do bad with it. But you would it I mean? be like, wrong to reverse that scenario if she had those traits? I don't. Well, what do you mean by wrong? That's, but the that's Bible the says it's right or wrong, sin, against God's that, design. That, that, well, y'all are being so it, squirrely on this. You won't no, say No, no, it. no, I'm not being squirrely. No, what, what you're saying, is it wrong for the woman to make all the decisions and not the man all, be the helper no, to her? No, everything you just said except for interchangeable. Can you give me an example of what's you not? You changed I'm, I'm, I'm over your even, vacation. I'm you not even saying, soft, I don't Toby. even know what Toby actually, but I'm not even painting you into a corner either. I'm just I, saying, I get is it interchangeable then? It's just, you're just saying, what well, in my marriage, okay. I'm this one. She's like, is it, is it right? Is that the way it's supposed yes. to be? Is well, then, it wrong if you reverse it? Uh, I will say it's interchangeable, but for me, so it's you're not. egalitarian. For, for me, it is, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's interchangeable for our marriage because I don't think our marriage would work without it. But I do think that but as for far somebody as the Bible's else, concerned, I'm, I'm not going to prescribe the it to somebody else. Or the man, I won't so, prescribe it to somebody else. So you read, I, I the, but you, yeah. you read the Bible it, as, so God says that w- woman is the man's helper or the man's the woman's helper. Either way. Right, but okay, that's what well, you yeah. add to the scripture. <laughs> Here's then. what we're doing a bad job of. We haven't defined what the helper is. The, a helper is making the most money. And your husband, well, and let's not like, forget. Like, let's like, not, oh, how about that? Hold on, let me finish, Joey. Devin Shelton, who is in our band, his wife makes a lot of money, and he is basically a stay-at-home dad who works from home some. Right. That he's not not leading the family. So what what does it mean to for for the <laughs> wife to lead the family? That's what I'm saying. I, well, that's what I'm saying. Not is it good, whatever it means, that's, is it okay to do? More of a what does it mean? thing than like a work thing. Like we we our mind immediately goes to. Um, the social norms that we've created around like men and women, like, and so our mind immediately goes to those things. But like I said, when you strip all those things away, what you're left is just like a spiritual servant leadership is someone who models what it means to serve the family. Yeah. So Um, whoever it is in either direction, doesn't matter. It's all interchangeable based on everything I've heard thus far in this conversation. So it sounds like we're all egalitarian to me. No. Tell me how we're not, if we're not. And, in my household, Priscilla and I have come to the conclusion that her primary roles are reproduction right. and pleasure. Right. Yeah. So that's us. <laughs> not her. Now. Not, hey, make sure you clarify. Not her pleasure. Not just her. yours. <laughs> my God. <laughs> what kind of marriage would you have if you cared about her pleasure? Right. Not a good one. But but in general, from a biblical perspective, I just feel like this is one of those areas where there's enough 
strong arguments on both sides for me not to care and to just get women's back on this one. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't care. Like I, but I do think there's a very good chance that, um, that one or like, I wouldn't be surprised if we get in heaven and we're told, yeah, you guys got it wrong. Complementarianism, man. I made y'all certain ways. Y'all could have worked together better. And I wouldn't be surprised if God was like, yeah, I mean, I was talking to specific churches or, you know, you're taking things out of context. I, I have no idea, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't think it matters. So, you, so you've arrived thing- at fully egalitarian then as your position then? I'm as agnostic as, in this. I'm agnostic. No, you're not. You can't be because what you're saying is you wouldn't. You got women's back. You wouldn't. No matter what they want to do, you, you're down with that. Otherwise, you disagree. So you can't be agnostic. Uh, all right, everybody's Martha, so scared you, to say anything. Uh, I can't believe. No, this. Hold on, Martha. How do you uh, reconcile, or what do you say to uh, like Gen- Genesis three sixteen says, um, "Your desire shall be for your husband." So, so if we're saying that that's a verse that says something where she's, and, and it goes on to say actually, uh, and he shall rule over you. <laughs> so, but I'm saying your desire for your husband, in the context of complementarianism, obviously that is true. But Matt, my point would be that would also apply to the male. You would say uh, your right. desire should be for your wife. So, there right. you go. So you're just saying, well, let, or it let, should be the other way around. Let's at Either least one. say. Let's at least go on the record to, or I will go on the record to say, if complementarianism is how we're supposed to go, the church has sucked at it for the vast majority of its existence. Like they have not carried it out well at all. So, I mean, is it worth a shot to maybe well, take some steps back and rethink everything? At the very least, it could help us do complementarianism a little bit better. Well, Matt's, compl- Matt's complimentarian because I asked Martha a question, and he answered for her, and then Joey did too. I believe in man's. <laughs> I'm Sorry, an egalitarian Martha. that's just heavy in man's. Hey, is your is husband all. here, no Martha? Can can you talk yeah. to him a little bit more before coming back? Okay. Let- <laughs> yeah, we tried, to, we tried to get Martha's husband, but he wouldn't come on, so we... <laughs> We, we but, got, but Martha, I got the permission to look. I do want to ask that, though. We got to go like, to the church we, thing. At least the only place I've found so far that everybody's not fully in agreement on pure egalitarian is that Martha did say, and we'll get back to, you don't think women can be pastors, lead pastors, pre- and preach for the pulpit. At least uh, let's go there not, for a minute. Not, not preachers from, like, Sunday morning structure type of thing. What I about do, at a... They can be, I do believe that they can be worship leaders, ministers, and in every other form of... Um, every other form of ministry, secretaries. pretty much. Oh, they make School great nurses. secretaries. Yeah, they're go- oh so good in children's men. Uh, well, hey, let me ask. You this, what, no, no. Why what, not? What why can't they be pastors? Well, it comes down to the authority of Scripture. Like that's what I believe that Paul is outlining for okay. us in his epistles. So I want to follow that and model it because that's again coming back to I believe that it paints a picture of headship modeled by Christ. He was submissive to his father. So why, why do I believe that I'm above submission? Um, whether that is to my husband or to my local church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, oh, yeah. I, I definitely think complementarianism can work. If, Joey, if can people, women be pastors? Yes, for sure. Uh, I have to admit growing up in the South, it, it does get some taken used to. And, but, but let me say, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm used just, to, I'm okay. With it. I, yeah, I got it. Hey, hey, but I tell you what, your, your, uh, mom's pastor 
definitely was uh, very helpful in yep. all of this. I'm just like, if that's not somebody yep. that I can be pastored well, by, that's here's ridiculous. What I say. But, let me, but let me ask this. I will say theologically, one thing that really does trouble me to go uh, head first in egalitarianism, but I do think that maybe culturally things were recorded a certain way, is it does seem really crazy that Jesus didn't pick one woman to be the 12 in the 12 disciples. Yikes. But I do, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that uh, I think there's a possibility that that there were some women at that time that had just as much of authority and influence, but oh, the author absolutely. just didn't write it down. He used women. He used women to sharpen preachers. He women have been right. used from the since the beginning right. of the Bible um, to preserve his people and to sharpen men and to come alongside and, and help lead you know, the church. Um, and I, I will say this, I see like women preachers as a secondary issue. Um, I, if that's not my hill to die on, sure. I'm not dying. Sure. Hill. No, like, I'm just trying to get a view of how, of how, of how that even feels, but tell me what we're trying to say. Well, I, man, I understand your frustration, but I, you haven't given anything that is, uh, Complementarian. What? Like, what's one example uh, in a marriage that you're talking about? Oh, like, what's a submission? I'll, go. I'll I'll say it, but I get I have the nice point of view that I've shifted over time, so I can I can I'll look good either way. <laughs> but no, but I, but give us a, an example yeah, of what we all disagree okay. with. So what I'm saying is, when I was, uh, I'll be personal. I'll explain it this way. In my marriage, when we first got married, we were at Mars Hill. It was strongly complementarianism. Uh, mm. It was it is was a hyper masculine culture. I fucking loved it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I took it very seriously that I was supposed to be the servant leader. It wasn't like you'd get to do with that. It, it was not ever any explicit thing of you dominate your wife or she's supposed to do this or whatever. However, it definitely made you feel things and behave in ways now that looking back on it that weren't okay. So I, I from my view, I did real damage in our marriage for being, for mis interpreting, over-interpreting, doing extra biblical stuff that comes out of the culture of complementarism in my marriage. I definitely did that. I coached it in my wife that she was to submit to me if it ever really came down to it. And I, know, I don't know if it ever really did, but I know that hurt her, that I made sure we were on the same page, that I have the control. I refer to her changing her name, for instance, in a way that is not up for debate. I don't care. And she didn't want to have a different name or anything, but there was very strong things that I both wanted and liked and were supported by the evangelical culture that I was in. And then over time that changed. Then I saw, had a different view of, uh, of that. And, but Bridget was on board with it. it that's the, the weird thing about it. She didn't say that sucks, but I guess I'll have to cause you're stronger or it was, she agreed. She, she agreed with me throughout probably the entire time that, that was right. But she would even turn that, well, you're supposed to be the leader, so why didn't you this? I mean, like, it, it was just this kind of thing where it, it caused damage on both sides. But she, was, she agreed with it that I should have been the leader or some way or that she needed to submit to me in certain things. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I believe that anymore. And I guess I would, I'm saying I don't really believe that anymore. But I did. I put real pressure on her for certain things, whether it be sexually or uh, just decision-making. Was she decisions she was totally capable of making and she you know she carries that here I, I have apologized i need to apologize for some of those things now i'm not saying that's god made me do it that's me i mean i take the responsibility and there is we are different and blah 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 you know she's better at cleaning than me cool whatever but it 
I've always held, and she's always held, we don't like no woman preachers. She says that too. I mean, Bridget's there. That's what we've always felt and thought. And specifically, it would, would have been about the moment where at my mom's funeral, the woman preacher preached and handled that whole situation, which I think was profound for Toby too, and the way I've heard you talk about yeah. it. I'm like, well, I guess I don't think that anymore because there's no way this isn't right. And then I had to t- go back and go, okay, I guess I don't, I can't even... I'm, I'm more like Joey. I got to get any, you know, who am I to stand in the way of that? It might be right. It might be wrong or something on a technical level, but I got to get out of the way here. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't have a better ch- choice for society and Christianity and the culture as a whole other than say, I guess we just have to let it be wide open. There's just so much variance and so much damage can come out of trying to take the Bible and define it on who does what. It doesn't, it's just not a good path. And so I've changed my view. So now I do not hold that it's women cannot preach, for instance, but that's pretty recent for me to even, to even say that. Martha, what about at a, uh, at a conference, for instance, uh-huh. where, where a woman is teaching men and women, but it's not in a church environment, but everybody is Christians. It's a Christian conference. So for example, Christine uh, Kane from Hillsong, yeah. like she actually, I mean, to me, she's like the female Stephen Furtick. I mean, every time I hear her, I'm like, man, I, I'm on fire for God now. And I could not imagine her not being able to have that sort of uh, uh. opportunity. I think that that should be encouraged, actually. I think that uh, women speakers and teachers, um, teaching and preaching, I I view as two different things. Um, Within the local church context, I see preachers and not just people that just teach the Bible on the Sunday morning, but actually shepherd the people and lead and serve the people that they're they're over. Um, And when it comes to teaching and instructing and practical application of scripture on a conference level, absolutely. I think women should be a part of that um, round table discussions with men and women. I think that um, kind of what you were talking about, Matt was that toxic masculinity that I referred to earlier um, where it devalues complementarity um, where it turns into um, a threat to authority and a threat to power rather than, um, an affirmation of women's roles. So, for example, there's um, imperatives and indicatives in the Bible when it comes to right. this kind of stuff. We tend to hang on to the um, indicatives and we let go of the imperatives. And so, in that sense, it's like we keep talking about what women aren't allowed to do um, versus we could shift the conversation to how what what roles do we affirm women in? Mm-hmm. Um, the decision-making process, for example, for a church is powerful, um, especially when it comes to finances, when it comes to roundtable dis- discussion about uh, what to do about certain ministry decision-making processes. I don't think women that need to be void of that. I think they need to be involved in that. Mm-hmm. When I talk about headship, it's more talking about um, what did the Epistle Paul set up as a structure for, for women to sit under teaching at that time was huge because that means that women were allowed to be taught and educated, mm-hmm. which other cultures did not allow that. And other religions did not want women and men intermingled under some sort of teaching um, or anything religious of that sense. So for Paul to say, 
women you're to sit under the teaching of men was like, oh, women are allowed to be educated and, and engage God in the church structure intellectually, not just emotionally at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I talk about headship, that what I mean is I, I'm referring to that spiritual sense of leading, mm-hmm. not specific roles and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the most things is most, it seems to me that the idea of headship is that you are a servant to God. Like the male is supposed to be a servant to Jesus or to God or to people. And then that through that showing how his service that is supposed to also uh, lead his family into service and to help others and care others. So the, one of the biggest things is that now, does that mean that a woman can't do it or serve? No, but the man should be doing what, what we're talking about is the idea of being a good man. Right, I think that's what I think that's what this this idea is. If if you're a good man, your family it'll flow into your family and help your family a lot. I, I, it's just hard to define, and I guess it, you're right. Overall, it seems like the Bible can say it seems like the Bible's on on a bunch of stuff. Like husbands submit to your wives. It says that too. You know what I mean? Like it, we're supposed to submit to each other and at different times. And then I guess there are times. But, but where, again, what what are those different times? That you're, you, I mean, Joey's a pastor. What are the times? Then the woman needs to submit verses, or is it well, simply well, real quick just to just to save Toby some grief? I think what you're referring to is it says everyone submit to one another, but I don't think it ever says husbands submit to your wives, yeah. does it? Yeah, I think it does. Actually, okay. I'll, I'll try and see if I can find it, cool. but I'm almost certain. It says. So tell me, says, are, do you are you coming down on some side? Yeah, maybe right. Maybe maybe it says husbands love your wives, as Christ yeah. loved the church and gave Himself. Maybe that's what. Yeah, right. right. So wives submit yeah. to your own husbands. Um, all, all I'm saying is we're just kind of going around in circles, and no one. You, it seems undefinable what what you're saying. Like what in in leadership, for example, are are okay. If we're talking about a company, and you say the head of the company. He says, do this, this, and this, right. and you submit to that, right? But w- none of us are saying that in a marriage. Martha, you're not saying your husband because says, Because hey, you're egalitarian do, is why. Do, I know, but <laughs> I'm just saying, you, you never, your husband doesn't even choose to do that. He might, I mean, even if you were okay with it, he wouldn't even choose to do that. So it does seem like we're, we're more... Well, because he is the servant leader. Yeah, yeah but you do, you do not get mad at a boss that says, hey, I need these, this paperwork done. I need the, the warehouse clean. I need this, this, and this. Not because a marriage is not a company. Because a marriage is supposed to illustrate the love Jesus has for the church. A company is not meant to do that. A, right. com- a company is about power, authority, and money. Complementarianism is about illustrating the mm-hmm. beauty of the gospel. But we just can't define it. <laughs> you just can't be. Def- you just that, can't that, think of any the- examples of it. But you can. You, I yeah. mean, you can go read all of Paul's epistles and then come to your. I mean, pick pick all of the roles apart yourself and and see. Okay, this is what Paul meant here, and mm-hmm. maybe you know, let's take a look back. And I mean, it takes a lot of study of when you come down to the roles, and I think there's some flexibility when it comes to those roles, but ultimately egalitarianism, I see it as the way it's always been described to me or when I talk to an egalitarian, um, it's described as uh, capability. What are you capable of doing and what are you not capable of doing? I I don't think that I'm less capable of preaching the gospel from from a pulpit on a Sunday morning. I'm just just capable of... You're capable, just not allowed to do it. 
Well, it's not that I'm not allowed. You're, I I wouldn't it, want to do it because submission is supposed <laughs> to be a joyful service to it. Okay, right? but but so, you hear that you hear that where that and that's fine. That's what we're here to do is find the point yeah. where it gets where where we can see what we disagree about. But you're saying you are fully is messy. No, we it, yeah, it's that. messy. It's sure, messy. but you're fully capable of hell. giving a sermon well, right. and and I believe you could give a sermon better than many male preachers that I have heard. Do you agree? I agree with you. Okay, but we all agree you're not allowed to do that. Um, but you're you're only not allowed to do something that you want to do. Okay. Right. What if you ju- What if you woke that. up tomorrow and felt like you wanted to? What you just say? Damn it. Well, I would say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to submit unto the and, and you would and, and you would listen to him and you would consult the scriptures and then you would quell your desire because it tells you to. Ah. Uh, I guess, but aren't we all supposed to do that with every aspect Maybe, of our right. lives? Right. Uh, your, your, your position is defensible. I'm just trying to m- make it clear what it is. Right. To- Toby, yes. where does that leave you? I, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I'm probably egalitarian. Uh, well, uh, uh, still, in our marriage, in mine and Jess's marriage, That's I cannot just speak one marriage, to else's yeah, marriage. Right. Okay, but in my marriage, I do feel as if I'm the leader, and I think Jess likes it that way that on big decisions or times where she feels sure. concerned or worried or even afraid I am the one that's going I to agree go do that those that's things. I agree that's true like, and it may be like true it, in my marriage but is that beca- but it has nothing to do with the Bible right. does it? Jess, You're just it, saying Jess something practically does, that exists well, in your marriage. Well how about this? Here, here's a good example. Jess does not at all feel confident or want to move forward on anything that I'm iffy on and in fact when I'm iffy on it it throws her off. She like if we if, if sure. we were going to say hey we're going to buy this new car and I was like I just don't know I get then it just throws her off and we won't buy the new car until I say yeah this is the right thing I think we really need a car and this is why and that is her is that going, because hey, of the Bible though does that have anything to do with the Bible at all it's, it's, do we choose to do that because of the Bible no is the Bible recognizing certain things in marriage yeah I think okay. so. Okay, I th- and and within our only, marriage, but, but it's I also fine that if it was opposite. Jess is smarter with money than me, but it wouldn't so be Jess wrong. Said, hey, listen, or we only have seven hundred dollars in the bank. We're not going to buy a car. Then we wouldn't buy a car. You see what I'm saying? Like I, right. I, I trust her with certain aspects and things that she's great at and better than me at. Most Again, but they have nothing me. to do with the prescriptive things in the Bible, though. I wouldn't it's prescribe just anybody wants. else. Yeah. We'll have to move this conversation over to Pastor with No Answers or break it down one or the other. But I do want to ask ass, one. Or the unstoppable yeah. badass. No, that just wouldn't work. <laughs> or actually, you can come up with a Martha Davenport character. I like that. That's be- yeah. Hey, so, so this only applies to the home and the church, but zero problem with a uh, woman president, uh, woman executive over a bunch of men, or do you think those are unnatural roles for her to fill? fill? No, I don't see a problem with those things at all. Cool. I think the, it's not the, Hillary. It's just not Hillary. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I see the Trump uh, signs in the back of your room. Yeah. So. That's untrue. <laughs> you voted for Trump because your husband made you. Yeah, he told you how you were voting. Supposed to vote as a unit there. Now, now what I, do, I just do think it's quite interesting, but for sure you're on the softest edge of complementarianism, though. You at least admit that. 
don't think it's biblical complementarianism. I think that our Christian subculture has turned it into something that's not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Totally. I can yeah, get right, behind. Right. That's the biggest I, danger. Just, yeah, I agree with Yeah, you. I'm not sure if I'm in 100%, but I certainly think that if complementarianism is true, then Martha is thinking through it correctly. Yes. Like, because it, it has to look very different when everybody is humble with one another and submissive to one another and all of that. Tell us, Martha, real quick before you go, what... Uh, what what's one of the benefits of being in the BC club? Like, do you enjoy the conversations on Facebook or do a lot of people piss you off? There's actually a guy that got on there the other day and really apologized for being an asshole to everybody. Oh, Nathan, him and I have had conversations before. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like it because it's, uh, we're all just as flexible. I mean, we're yeah. all just kind of open-minded and there's, I'm surprised that there are as many conservatives in there as, you know, like people that I can actually like, oh, okay, I kind of agree with that. Not everything is like... Why? Because your naturally disposition is not conservative? Or is? Uh, No, it's just because what I expect the listenership to be. Less conservative? conservative. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's what Joe was pointing out earlier. I feel like it's half very conservative people that still somehow are here. But, I mean, of course, we're not super far on some left side or anything, I don't think. Well, I don't know. Maybe we are. I think the good thing about it is that it brings up the discussion of um, how to – Hey, real quick, real quick. Your your husband's behind you pointing at his watch. I think lunchtime soon. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I expected an awkward Joey joke at some point. So there you go, you got it. You got it. Um, but uh, I forgot what I was. Saying. You were just trying I'm to sorry. tell everybody to join the BC I'm Club. Sorry. We were using you as a pawn for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Give these guys your money. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it really, it really is awesome to have a BC Clubber on here, especially someone who you know you've got a little bit of influence in that group and have some good points that you bring up, like Matt said. So. Thank you so much for coming on. It, it's uh, it's been great. Yes. Yes, we appreciate your parti- par- participation, Martha, very much. We'll talk to you really soon. Right. See you, okay. Martha. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, guys. Very good. Back in the saddle. All right. I mean, I'm I'm open to the conversation with this thing, just not in my house. I get That's it. That's where I stand with all this. <laughs> What I don't y'all even know what to say. You don't you know what to say, some? Toby? No. I don't even understand what women even complain about. They even get <laughs> saved through child they get saved through childbirthing. That's what it says in first Timothy. I w- I'd kill to have a baby and get saved and go to heaven. Good Lord. <laughs> Wait a second. Baby out. What, do you, what do men have to do to get saved? Uh, it's I don't even know. Oh, it's easy. Hey, All you, you know have to do is re- women have to shoot a baby out of their vagina to get saved. Right. All I have to do is say the sinner's prayer in the back of a track at the truck stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, You're right. What am I thinking? You're right. Interesting. I wouldn't interesting. trade that. I can take a poop at a truck stop and get it's saved. Simply read the but, words on the last page of the track and you're in. But Jess had to shoot right. three humans out of her. Right. <laughs> you know, an interesting twist on that prophecy about being saved uh, through childbirth is some people thinks that it's directly referring to the birth of Jesus. So basically, you will yeah. be saved through Mary's childbirth. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a little easier wow. to handle now that you put all right, it that y'all way. Do, y'all want to do? Y'all want a little more truth I'd since we're it. all egalitarian? All right, kick the music for me. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> 
dun, dun. In a world where men are finally realizing, shit, I don't have to do anything. Let her lead. Be easy as hell. I'll just chill. I don't even have to do anything. Damn. What was I thinking? Shit. Damn it. What the hell was I thinking? Ugh. I'm quitting my job today. Damn. Ugh. Like Shit. my only my only job was to lead. You had to do all the housework, all the cooking, all the changing diapers. All I had to do was lead you. I don't even have to do that. Look, really don't you, listen. Up. Don't get me started on that. But we are headed that way, my friend. I'm not saying it's bad, but again, I'll say it. Women are the future. Women are better than men. It should yeah. be okay to be men. I hope when they're going to be in quite in control soon. I don't know how long, and I hope they treat us well when they. <laughs> soon once they they're have be in charge soon they oh, they yeah. are i mean i believe that i'm they're not saying matt, that, you know. matt the, the the only the only trouble i have with with that sort of deal is got it's going to take a very long time in other cultures i mean very i'm talking about other cultures I, i'm worried about mine so in this case you're talking about america look oh, you're I, talking seattle i get yeah, it well seattle's it, a different I mean, place seattle's probably for, before alabama but i think these things dogs are going to take control before no. women in seattle dogs no I'm, I'm i'm real serious about that i don't think it's a bad thing i'm just saying species i mean look at the black widow spider there's tons of species where the women are the dominant ones and right. men become just breeding things that donate their sperm and are useless that's not an impossible future for humanity is it right yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not uh, saying it's like that extreme or anything, but it, you know, we. I, this sounds sexist, but I believe men and women are very different. But it just is what it is. We built the bridges, yeah. we conquered the territories, we did this stuff, we protected them. We are stronger in general, and so we we've done all these things, and now we kind of look like you know Homer Simpson, and they they're doing some awesome stuff. They, there's <laughs> plenty of single moms that go, uh, or moms that just they they're fine, like they. Yeah, I don't need a man. Or I'll get, I'll have babies if if I need a man. I'll let you know. I mean, that's we yeah. we have such a good society that's now possible. And I think women have so many upsides and advantages and control over. They're just good. I mean, they're really good. And so they yeah, may. I mean, we're going to watch out for. We're going to watch out for toxic femininity. Oh yeah, you do have to watch out for. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that's po- that's a possible future where they gain. I mean, they could have more power, and there would be right. toxic femininity. I'm not saying I'm persecuted. I'm not. Sounding some male rights alarm, nothing like that. I'm just saying that's there's something to that trend. No, I mean here's the thing. It, 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 I feel like sometimes we think so. The thing that men have is that we've always had force, like you right. know what I mean. Like we, which is it, not we are appropriate anymore. Men, men in Good. general are bigger and stronger and faster, or whatever. But as we get smarter and more intelligent, and that. that Force is going to be less and less, That's and right. people will be able to realize how to. So that is what's going to go away, and you will see the way more strength and uh, uh, character and all kinds of stuff. Women Good. have always had that, but yeah. but what I'm saying is, besides the force, besides brute force that men have, uh, just from whether you want to say God gave that or nature, you know, whatever it is, um, I I do think that women still pretty much rule the world, maybe always have. Like they they. Women don't well, do stuff brute with brute force, but in a lot of ways, they control the world and control men and do stuff in a in a way that all I'm saying. Obviously, men are are, are oppressed women. Yeah, well, that, that's uh, a good example. Oppressed, uh, but uh, for sure. But what I'm saying is, I do think that there's always been a real uh, strength that women have had that have has seriously influenced the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, no, that, of course. that's one thing I don't want to. So, feminists, wanna... feminists, get over it. You've been no, ruling no, no, since no, day not, one. That, no, that's I not know, what I'm saying. I'm saying brute, brute force and war uh, uh, is what has caused men to be where they're at. 
Yeah. Right. But what I'm saying is, I do think there's been a lot of influence. So what, I'm just bouncing off Matt's point. What's going to happen is brute force is going to become less and less important, and you're going to see all the strengths yeah. that women have That's used right. over the centuries now even come, come into to the bloom. forefront, and they'll be stronger. And it's not bad. You know I'm mean? for it. I'm yeah, yeah. for it. I'm not against. I'm not saying stop them. In the past, men have used their force to oppress women and do right. in most cultures. In Saudi Arabia, yes. women are not in charge of anything. They don't have much right. influence. That's because men stop that from happening. But if right. the society gets built well enough, then it'll be equal. Right. You'll and see then the strengths that women have always had yeah. rise to the top. And, and, and it will be good. Now, what, I'm, what I do think, too, though, is, and this is really true. I, I was kind of making a joke about toxic femininity. But just because a, 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 a race or a uh, gender or whatever has been oppressed, a minority has been oppressed, doesn't innately mean that they are good. No. If women right. do take over the world, if, if, if the roles swap and women are the everything and men are less, or, or men will be oppressed. You know right. what I mean? Like that, or that's what things we have are going to be, smell or, so Or good, that's what we have to though, be careful man. of. Or, you right. know, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, that things everybody's innately good. good that has been oppressed or whatever. Now, no, at the same the, time. The power is it, always going to do There what needs it to does, be, yeah, whatever. Right. The power is the real evil. Right. Once you have the power, it lures you in, it takes you. And that's what, you know, that's that whole idea of why men, they want power, they desire power within the world and within their own marriages. Or right. Over, it, if you gave you know, uh, South Carolina Gamecock fans all the power in the world, they would oppress Clemson fans, of course. Oh, it, totally. There's no, there's no, it wouldn't go, it wouldn't even be on purpose. It just would go that way. Right. It, there's nothing you right. can do about it. We, we have a natural inclination to be rule, you know, desire power and right. want to rule over people. And, that, and that's why we get the whole complementarianism thing wrong anyway, yeah, or, that's or right. whatever that looks like. So it gets all right, I, got one, I got one news story here. And uh, this one, Joey, this one's for you, my friend. Uh, roller coasters could help people pass kidney stones. <laughs> 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 this comes from the Atlantic and roving reporter Ashley. Taylor. East Lansing, Michigan becomes a ghost town during spring break. Families head south and often to theme parks in Orlando. A week later, the Midwesterners return sunburned and benefit of disposable and bereft of disposable income. And urological surgeon David Warntinger uh, noticed some also come home with fewer kidney stones. He's a, he is a professor emeritus at Michigan State where he has dealt for decades with the scourge of kidney stones, which affect around 1 in 10 people. I didn't know it was that many people. That's crazy. At some point in life, most are small and they pass through us without issue, but many linger in our kidneys and grow, sending hundreds of thousands of people to emergency rooms and costing around $3.8 billion every year in treatment and extraction. The pain of passing a larger stone is often compared with childbirth. For years in practice, Wartinger noticed anecdotally uh, uh, reports from patients who had passed small kidney stones during, during and immediately after visiting the Disney theme parks. It was a correlation he might not have noticed in another place. Uh, he said this mass migration down to Florida basically helped him realize that when people were doing uh, roller coasters that they were able to pass them. Um, and then another, he said, that was just too powerful to ignore. I'd been hearing about these anecdotal stories for a couple of years, and then I thought, okay, there's something here. And so he went on to do a study and basically is realizing that because of the centrifugal force of roller coasters, you're actually able to shoot out kidney stones <laughs> easier. <laughs> now, I, didn't, I, I guess centri centrifugal force is just, Matt, I was going to ask you to explain. It's just, that's the idea of what? It's some kind of gravity thing with centrifugal uh, force, right? It's I mean, I don't something? have a, I mean, I suppose you would call it angular momentum. It's, it's your, when you, centrifugal force is when you're going in a circle at, at every point you're accelerating in a new direction that's what the effect of the force is that's the way i would say off the top of my head i don't, I don't well, know it's kind of like you know. toby you know when you can almost fill a glass up and 
you can see the water that's above the rim. What? Yeah. It's like over it. That's a representation of centrifugal force. That is? is that, no, that it's cir- not. Yeah, it is. That circular. The concept of centrifugal force can be applied in rotating devices right? such as centrifuges. So it has to be rotating. Uh, yeah. The term has also been used for rel- – yeah. So it comes to that. It's directed uh, – it's, it's an inertial force. Mm-hmm. Directed away from the axis of rotation that appears to act on all. So something in the center is circulating and it's moving you away from it, right? Yeah, like that, those, that's what those I was fa- saying. Those, yeah. those weird wall rides at, right. the fa- at, you know, at a fair that pulls you there. But, Joey, when's the, uh, when's the last time you've had a kidney stone and are you plagued this much by them? Like how much money have you, do you think you've spent in your life on removing kidney stones? Um. I really don't know, man. I had my first. Had how much? Grade. Better question is, how much would you pay to never have another one? Right now. Oh wow, that's a tough one. Man, I'd pay. I'd pay a thousand for sure. But you pay ten thousand dollars, but you'll never have another kidney stone. Hmm. I don't know. I really like the pain medicine. <laughs> um. <laughs> what do they give you? Vicodin or something? They, I mean, they got to give you. T- I'm telling you, the best feeling I've ever had in my life is going to the hospital <laughs> emergent like oh, like in more than the, your marriage or the birth of your children oh in the worst pain ever i mean just imagine being in the worst pain ever and then having an iv stuck into your wrist and then them shooting basically like hardcore drugs into your system so you go from immense pain to like euphoric relief that, and it's just i mean so that's an intravenous dose of opiates which is a which has to be wow. the exact same heroin. feeling of shooting heroin off a spoon in a trailer park right i mean that must yeah, be it, what it, that is yeah. right? except i would imagine heroin users i mean it seems like they see things and it's a it's it's too much see things yeah they see things and it's actually too much no you're confusing no, lsd so, or yeah. meth at least there yeah. but heroin is exactly you know as you just it's exactly what it's a exact thing you're describing that is heroin. Well, that's that's what heroin yeah. users are doing. Exactly that. So, so Toby, I've had to get them removed maybe three times. So typically, yeah. And uh, so basically, and, they're lasered out, and um, you know, typically, how does I'll a laser to, work? How does a laser shoot into? Is it shoots through your stomach to the rock? I don't understand lasering. Yeah, how does that know. work? Where does the laser? Where I do they apply the laser? A, I think the laser res- can't go through your skin. Right? I mean, and well, not the last skin. The last yeah. two have been lithotripsy, which I'm pretty sure is blowing it up with sound waves. <laughs> but you've had a so they probably inserted something through your wiener all the way up into your urinary tract, right? And then lasered it. That's how yeah. they did that, right? Yeah, I would imagine so. God, well, you're unconscious that- when they do it. No, oh yeah, when they when they remove kidney stones and that sort of thing, they definitely put you uh, is, is laparoscopic not the term for that surgery without without. I mean, you don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the kidney stone that I had when I was with you guys, I don't even know if I told you guys this, but before, I mean, basically the reason why I went on the tour is the doctor said, "Look, this kidney stone is so big." it is not going to travel through your system. You don't even have to worry about that. You know, my problem, he said, my worry is infection or something like that. So just come back into the doctors right when you get back into town. Dude, when I went back to the doctor to get it surgically removed, it 
had almost gone through the system. So basically, a kidney stone that he swore was too oh, big to it. either to even enter the system. That's the stuff that was causing me pain, <laughs> like in Atlanta, in which I had to be rushed to the emergency room. So two emergency rooms. We yeah, went to two, two different rooms. ones. You know what's crazy too is like that's just you're you're never gonna see your urinary tract. Like you don't even get to see it, but it just hurts you. Like you know you got it. Like look at all the stuff inside your body that you're never gonna get to see. You do you, do you collect your kidney stones or you throw them away? Nah, I throw them away. I mean, those ones that are removed, they're destroyed, like lithotripsy. So basically, how big, you have how to big have a- was that one? Was it like a size of an apple? <laughs> Joey is saved through uh, he has salvation through passing kidney stones there you go I wonder there what the go. biggest kidney stone ever is they're not that big even the big no, one is tiny. not that big right? well think about a little spiky asteroid rock bounce around in your urethra how God. big does that need to be to <laughs> be painful yeah yeah, definitely. The biggest one I've seen is the one that my dad had where back in the day they actually had to cut you open to remove it. And that, I would say it was a little smaller than a Skittle. Um, Good God. And that was the biggest one I've ever seen. All right, well, Ra- Raya Dickerson, Derek, Dana, Benz, Josh Hoskin, Kevin. I think it's Raya. Uh, Raya. Is that is that old Hebrew or what? <laughs> Raya. 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 Kevin Brywick, Bree Timmons, and Joshua Martin. Thank you guys for joining the Bad Christian Club. So everybody can go to thebcclub.com and check out some of those perks. Maybe they're right up your alley, especially yeah. if you're already wanting to support us. But here's here's what I'll say. If you don't want to do that, but you listen to this podcast, go leave us a rating or a comment or something. That would be helpful as well. If you don't do that, I mean, you you do have to admit this, and I love you, and I'm, I'm not anti-you, but you are lazy. So, like, if you listen to this podcast regularly, and you're hearing me say right now to go to iTunes and leave a rating, and you don't do that, you're a little lazy. And that's okay. That's that's okay. Mm-hmm. I got right here that lithotripsy is not invasive at all, uh, and then there's keyhole surgery for stones over two centimeters and with lasers. So then you put a telescope into the ureter, feeding a thin laser through it up the wiener hole, and z- z- you know, zing it. Wow, that's how you do it. Yes, thank you guys for joining the BC Club. Be like Martha, join the club, submit to your husband. You know, do all that good stuff. Also, Emory's got tour dates coming up. So we're going to be on the West Coast with lowercase noises. So you go to emorymusic.com. We're doing these shows for 10 bucks. It's going to be awesome. Uh, they're good shows, and I'd love to see everybody out there. I think tickets are going well, but I do think there are tickets left. So if you live on the West Coast from Portland to Phoenix, go to emorymusic.com and come see us soon. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.